Ken Bostrom Ministries. Beginning January 2018, Ken Bostrom Ministries engaged in a whole new assignment by entering the airwaves of the world. Don't miss Ken and Mary Bostrom Ministries Live. Hey, welcome back. We're, we're still in the tribes of Israel, and we're going to be on that for several programs. You know, um, I love to teach out of the book of Genesis. It just gets me so excited that it, that book of Genesis is so rich. And I just want to give a shout out and a thank you to the partners of Ken Buster Ministries who make it possible for us to be uh, to do this recording and to be uh, our broadcast. We're really excited about what God is doing. And um, so let's go into part four of the tribes of Israel. Amen. Now, um, today we're going to start talking about the sons. Now, the first son was Reuben. His name means see a son. Actually, uh, the, in rabbinical teaching, it, it means he, it, it goes into the teaching of he has seen my misery. It, it's an, you know, God gave Leah a new beginning. He gave her a son. In the Eastern culture, a son is the most prized thing a mother can do, have. And it's a new beginning. And a son, Ben, on the end, B-E-N, when you see that word Ben, like, that means a son. It's like Ben Judah means son of Judah. Uh, ben um and so forth. So his name was See a Son. This comes from uh, uh, Genesis twenty nine thirty one. When the law saw, when the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb, and Rachel was barren. So Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben, for she said, "The Lord has surely looked on my affliction. Now therefore, my husband will love me." Leah was saying, you know, can you imagine being tricked like that, being the one that is used to trick him? Can you imagine uh, Jacob on his wedding night? They said he was so drunk. In fact, let me read to you from the book of Jasher what it has to say. The book of Jasher, chapter 31, verse 6. And all the people at the feast knew what Laban had done to Jacob, and they were not telling him the thing to Jacob. And all the neighbors came that night to Jacob's house, and they ate and drank and rejoiced and played before Leah upon timbrels and with dances. And they responded before Jacob, Halil, Haliah, which means she is Leah. And he was so drunk, he didn't even understand what they were saying. They, they were trying to warn him. They were, they were just joking at him and laughing at him. He, Leah, Haliah. She is Leah, and, and he didn't get it. And so he was drunk on his wedding night, and the bail stayed on the, the bride until uh, they had conceived. And so when, when after they had, um, um, after they had in their wedding night, uh, she lifted off her veil, and he saw that he had been tricked. 
Now, he didn't mind tricking Esau, but he sure mind being tricked by Laban. Laban. And then Laban said, well, in our custom, it's our custom. You can't, the, the younger uh, daughter cannot be married before the older one. So he had already worked seven years in anticipation. He had to have been like 80 years old at this time. And he said, so now you have to work seven more years. But you can't have Rachel until you fulfill your wedding week. Now, that's one of the reasons why I believe about the, uh, you know, that Jesus is going to catch up the bride before the tribulation because it's the whole thing about the tribulation that starts talking about the, the bridegroom coming for the bride and then having their wedding week. That's seven days, you know, and a, a day uh, is going to be the week. Anyway, and so it goes way back to then. Back then, the husband and wife stayed in, and that bridal chamber for seven days. And until then, I mean, he spent that whole time. And can you imagine Leah being unloved? And not just being unloved, but he was angry with her for being part of that, being part of tricking him. And um, so she, when she had a son, in her, it, she rejoiced because she said, now he will love me. Now he will love me because I gave him a son. Did he love her? No. He slept with her just out of duty, but he loved Rachel. So here we go into the symbols. Each tribe has got a symbol, a banner, uh, a gemstone that's in, in the birth, uh, breastplate of the high priest. They're, they have a month. Um, they have a strength and they have a weakness. Um, the symbols both speak of the symbol of the the mandrake, the symbol of mandrake and rising sun. It, sometimes you have the rising sun and the mandrake together. The rising sun would be a new beginning. That's what what um, that's when the the first sun, the rising sun. That was his first son, and so that would he he was the firstborn. And Mandrake was when his when he went out to find this Mandrake for uh, and this is found in Genesis thirty fourteen through eighteen. He was either about fourteen or fifteen years old, and he loved his mama. He was a mama's boy, and uh, a Mandrake was about the size of an apple. It was known to have uh, uh, sexual arousal abilities. Uh, Arabs call it the devil's apple. And he stood between his mother's broken heart and his father's um, love for Rachel. And so when he found the mandrake, he brought it to his mother because he, he, he figured this will cause my father to come back to my mother. He was always fighting for that. And the month is Tammuz. Tammuz is a very serious month. This is a month that... Um, of the golden calf incident in the wilderness, different things like that. Every single tribe represents a month of the year. And, and it speaks, what, what that tribe is speaks into now. You know, uh, Chuck Pierce, I love to watch Chuck Pierce. I love his prophetic insight into things. And you'll see every month they talk about a tribe. And this is, where, this is how you bring it into the prophetic, into the now. Because he's not just talking about history, they're talking about the now. Um, every tribe has a strength and a weakness. Now, the strength of, of uh, Reuben 
was he was a good farmer and a good shepherd. But there was no famous people from his lineage. He was just common, just ordinary. And uh, weakness is he did not like to fight, even to defend his family. And he had great bipolar tendencies, up one day, down the next. And um, his fault, and he, and he wanted to accomplish everything his own way. He didn't want to do it God's way. Now, let me liken that into the now. What, what pastors do you see what, uh, that are really good shepherds? They have a really good flock. They have a really, you know, their messages are good. They make you feel good and, and make you feel good about yourself. And they don't speak much about the Bible, but they might bring a scripture out. And then the rest of the time, they'll just talk about you because they make you feel good about yourself. Well, that's a good shepherd making you feel good. but. Those shepherds are not going to fight. They're going to be like Reuben. They're not going to tell you about uh, what God says about gay marriage. They're not going to tell you what God says about uh, abortion. They're not going to tell you um, what's happening in your area so that you can pray about it. They don't want to fight. They don't want to talk about anybody politically. They, they don't want to talk about because they might lose a person. They, they, will not, they will not fight. They will not come in and, and say, this is wrong. This is wrong. They won't tell people to get out and vote. They won't tell people that if you vote for abortion, uh, you're going to have to answer to Jesus. That, that's the truth. A pastor should be telling you. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge because they've rejected knowledge. So if you're a pastor and you're watching today, do you want to be a Reuben? Because Reuben, this was his choice at any time. You know, he wouldn't even fight to defend his own family. He was a coward, but he was a good shepherd. He was a good farmer, but he had no, no lineage that was famous. Nobody really did anything for the Lord from his lineage. Now, every, every, uh, almost every, everybody, every one of the 12 tribes had a prophetic word from Jacob. Remember, the last word of, the, of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, when they blessed, that blessing stayed with the entire lineage. I will remember my covenant of love with a thousand generations to those who love me, those who keep my commandments. And, and though that, the right hand of blessing of that father, stayed with them. It did not leave them. And um, so here's Jacob's prophecy in Genesis 49.3. Now, I want to get, get to this because I want to show you something here. Genesis 49.3. And Jacob called his sons and said, Gather together that I may be tell you what shall that word shall, you cannot use that in government documents because that means it will happen with a certainty it cannot be undone. It, it has to happen. Uh, tell me what shall befall you in the last days. Now, these guys were, all of these sons were going to die in Egypt during the 400 years in Egypt. They're not alive today. Oh, but they are. 
that prophetic word will never be taken away. So all the generations, they're, they're fulfilling that prophetic word on each one of them. Now, what, um, so Jacob's prophecy is still alive today over, Reub, over the lineage of Reuben or spiritual Reuben. Now, remember last week we talked about there's a natural Israel and there's a spiritual Israel. They are, were grafted in the vine. The church is now one new man. And there, we will be fulfilling those assignments of, of that, um, that lineage. I know what my assignment is. When I taught this in 2009, God uh, supernaturally uh, showed me what my assignment was my, from my tribe. I was talking to uh, Joshua today, uh, the manager of this network, and, and he, he told me what, what his tribe was from. And, you know, once, we, once God gives you that, you, there's patterns, there's insight, there's nuggets there that you can see in there to follow or to avoid or to avoid. There's a book that I have. Uh, I, uh, Gwen Shaw is one that got me onto this. It's called uh, The Lost Books of the Bible. The Lost Books of the Bible. And, and um, you know, it's a, the, um, uh, there's a Adam and Eve, the, the, um, uh, the death of Pilate. But it comes to the very end where it talks about the forgotten books and it's, it's each one of the tribes, each one of the tribes, when they died, the patriarchs, when they died, their last words to their family was recorded. Now, this was, um, but it, these bi biographies got written down into print in one um, between 107 and 137 B.C. And so they have been in print, but they were hidden. And they came out uh, from Ethiopia now. I think it was, I think Gwenshaw said it was Ethiopia that they were found. Just like, um, just like the, the, um, the scrolls that were found in 1947, the Dead Sea Scrolls. You know, a lot of these hidden books have been found, just like the book of Jasher. And so each one of them have passed on words to their, um, to their family. And there's a lot of nuggets I'll find in there for you. But here's what um, was prophesied to Reuben. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might and beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, the excellency of dignity. He could hold his head up now because he had a son and the excellency of power. It gave me strength to have a son. But then he says in verse 4, you are unstable as water. You shall not excel because you went to my father's bed and you defiled it. You went to my father's bed and you went to your father's bed and you defiled it and went to my couch. Now, Reuben was his mother's pride and joy. Reuben hated how his mother was treated. And when Rachel died, he didn't go to Leah. Even when Rachel died, he went to Rachel's handmaiden, Bilhah. And so uh, Reuben was so jealous for his mother that he went in and laid with Bilhah. And, and it grieved his dad so much and, um, that he, he, was, he had to forfeit his inheritance. Now, 
the inheritance of the firstborn was major. You got a double portion. So when the father died, or when the father gave out land or gifts, you were supposed to get twice as much as everyone else, twice as much wealth, twice as much livestock, twice as much land. And he had to forfeit that. And, and, and that went to Joseph. That's why when land was given, that's why Ephraim and Manasseh got land, because Reuben, with his, with his jealousy for his mother, laid with his, uh, the father, father's, the, the mother, uh, the Bilhah, the handmaiden, laid with her, and, it may, and he lost his inheritance. So he was supposed to get a double portion. He lost it to Joseph. He was supposed to get the priesthood, the priesthood. And that went to Levi. He was going to be the priest between God and his family. And, and he lost that. And that went to uh, his brother Levi. And he was supposed to be ruler. That was fatherly authority. And that went to Judah. Kings were supposed to come through him. And it went to Judah. Because he sinned against his father. You know, back then... There's a lot of things there's a lot of things you can't take back now. But back then it was huge. It was huge. It's the same thing when you know you you think about why um remember those two in the book of Acts when they they lied and they said, "Oh, you know, we you know about their money and 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 God killed them." Now, why was it so important back then? It would be the same thing in the first three months of pregnancy. If, if uh, what happened, I'll, I'll just tell you what happened with my first pregnancy. Uh, and this was my first marriage. And uh, I was pregnant. And during the first three months, you know, we didn't know a lot of things back then. Goodness sakes, that was 1967 when I got pregnant. And we didn't know a lot of things. But I remember having the flu so bad. I mean, sick to death. And I didn't know I was pregnant. But nine months later, after that, I had a total normal nine months, you know, beyond the flu. And when my baby girl, Jill, was born, she was born with one leg. She was born blind. And she lived for seven days. And on the seventh day, you know, she died and they did an autopsy. And all the veins to her heart, they said, looked like it was just mangled. They were just all tied together. See, when you do something in the, in the beginning stages, it affects the whole thing. And that's what anything in the beginning stages of the 12 tribes, that was huge. That, that would affect the entire 12 tribes. And, um, so Reuben should have had double portion. He should have been the priest of the family. He should have been the ruler of the family. But he lost it all to Joseph, to Levi, to Judah for what he did. Now Moses' prophecy, Moses' prophecy, Deuteronomy 33, 6, let Reuben live and not die and let his men be few. <laughs> you know, the, nor let his men be few. It's saying, let him, give him another chance. Let his, let his, his, his uh, lineage be, and uh, the uh, complete Jewish Bible says, even though his numbers grow few. Now, see, what Moses saw was 
Reuben had uh, his descendants were part of Korah's rebellion. Remember, Korah came against the authority of, of uh, Moses and Aaron. He, he came against that authority because he says, I'm, I'm from the priesthood too. I'm from the tribe of Levi, Levi too. And so um, Korah had 250 people with him that were standing with them, rebelling against Moses and Aaron, and they were from the lineage of Reuben. And so, you know, there was a tendency that that entire uh, tribe was going to die out. But Moses was interceding for them. In uh, Judges 5.16, the tribe of Reuben is scorned for its failure to join the others against the Canaanites. And except for First Chronicles 5.30-20, it does not again, it does not appear uh, again, appear in Israel's history. Isn't that amazing? Furth and it, in my notes here, it's furthermore, by AD 50, 1951, no Jew, now that's in our time, 51, I was a couple of years old, <laughs> no Jew was permitted to enter the territory once allotted to Reuben. The whole territory, which was quite capable of cultivation, is now deserted by the settled inhabitants. And this comes from the uh, John D. Davis from the Dictionary of the Bible. Is then being restored, not by Israelites, but by Arabs. You know, one of the things about Reuben is he did have a big brother's heart. In Genesis 42, 21, and they said to one another, we are truly guilty. Uh, concerning our brother Joseph, for we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us, and we would not hear. Therefore, the distress has come upon us. And Reuben said, uh, answered them, saying, Did I not speak to you, saying, Do not sin against this boy? And would you not listen? Therefore, behold, the blood is now required on us. Even he went to the point of, you know, uh, you know that Joseph had taken Simeon, and said, you can't have Simeon back until you bring Benjamin. And so when they went back to, to Jacob and said, uh, you know, we have to bring Benjamin or they're going to keep Simeon. And he says, I guarantee my two sons that Benjamin will return. You know, in communist countries today, somebody has to guarantee that you'll come back. And that's exactly what he was doing. Now here, the land division uh, you can see this by the, by the blue uh, arrow there. Uh, it's modern-day Jordan. It's on the other side of the Dead Sea. And uh, in the millennial, Reuben will have his portion between Ephraim and Judah in Israel's side, north of Jerusalem. So, you know, his end is going to be better than his beginning. You know what? God has a plan no matter how big you mess up. No matter how big you mess up, God has a plan for you. Don't forget about that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. God bless you. See you next time. This is Ken and Mary Bostrom. We thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to watch us on KBNTV.TV, YouTube, Facebook, mbostrom2.com. Also listen to us on WRNO Shortwave Radio. Contact us at KenBostromMinistries.org. God bless you today. Ken Bostrom Ministries. www.kenbostromministries.org.
Don't miss Ken and Mary Bostrom Ministries Live. Contact them at 832-212-1138.